0: Welcome to the Supported Living Property Podcast with your host, me, Lisa Brown, the place to learn about supported living property investing. In this episode, Andrew Powell talks about his model for supporting veterans with mental health support needs. He shares how Healthier Heroes combines property and support to help veterans transition to take on their own tenancy. He describes the type of property that have helped this organisation successfully support many homeless veterans since they opened their flagship building a year ago. Hi, Andrew. It's great to have you here today. Thank you for joining me. How are you?
1: I'm Very well, thanks. You?
0: Good. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. It's great that we finally got this sorted. It's taken us a little while because you've just been so busy, haven't you? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, it's great, great to have you here. Um, For those who don't know you, Andrew, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, obviously, my name is Andrew Powell, uh, and I'm the managing director of um, Healthy Heroes CIC, uh, that supports veterans and their families.
0: Fantastic. And and how did you come to be there? What 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 was the sort of route that you took to that took you to being there, Andrew?
1: Um, so, I mean, I left the military in 2013 after doing 16 years. Um, and when I left that year, uh, that was quite a, a troubled year for me. Um, so I, I sort of like find myself being um, falling into addiction with drugs uh, and alcohol. Um, I nearly end up in, in, in prison myself. So mental health for me was an absolute disaster. Um, and, and I tried to take my own life a number of times. Um, so it took, it took a few years really for me to sort of like get into a place where I felt I was in the best place to support others. Uh, and then we, 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 I basically fell into, into the position really uh, in, in Greater Manchester while supporting a local authority with their, their armed forces delivery. Um, so it started back in 2018 for me, which has uh, it's, it's been fantastic ever since.
0: And, so, and then Healthier Heroes, tell us a little bit about that. What, what is that and how did that come about?
1: Um, so again, it, it came about to uh, facilitate the support of the wider armed forces community. Uh, which therefore means we support veterans and their families and extended family members as well, or, or anybody within the family that's associated to somebody who has served um, you know, one day in the military. Uh, so that just, again, sees us supporting them with drug, uh, drug and alcohol addiction, extreme and complex mental health support, um, welfare benefits, um, housing, um, we're, we're now supporting veterans in custody as well, um, so we're doing a lot of work within, within prisons across the Northwest to enable that, uh, that transition um, out, of, uh, out of custody and, and make it as seamless as possible into, uh, in, into the communities again.
0: Fantastic, because that's often where people fall over quite a bit, isn't it? Is that you know, there's lots of, of places where, where the support's needed desperately, but when that transition from prison to um living out of prison is is very difficult for people, isn't it? So,
1: yeah, um, absolutely, of course it is. I mean, you know. They get institutional institutionalized in there, and and the, the the part of a routine and a regime and and whatnot for however long that they're in custody for. So you know to come out of that very much like uh, a soldier being in in, in the military, mm. you know to leave and not have that structure around you. You know it's quite uh, it's quite daunting and, and, and can be uh, a result of um, particularly those in custody reoffending rates. And um the.
0: The work that you do is from from my understanding is based at Bancroft House. Is is that right? That's where you're you're based as as healthier heroes. And we had Sean on um the podcast ages ago when it was a a a facebook live and it was it was sort of very much in its infancy but she came on and talked about um she's the property developer who developed the scheme the building for you and um and she talks about um how she purchased that using sas funds and if anyone's interested it's worth digging back into that one i think it's about episode seven that she she um speaks about it and so you do want to do you want to describe the building and, and what it what it is
1: yeah, uh, I mean, I would not do it any justice whatsoever. I genuinely won't. You know, the amount of people that come in here and are just blown away by it it's its incredible. Um, so historically, the building was used by a local housing association to, to tackle homelessness um, and support vulnerable people. Um, so it's a, a four-storey, uh, grade two listed building. Um, it doesn't look that big on the outside, so you've only got two floors at, at the street level and then two below. Um, it's got 21 bedrooms in it. Uh, Best way to describe it is if you are walking down a Premier Premier premiering corridor and you've got the rooms off either side. And the rooms are very much like a a Premier in room as well. Uh, That's how they've been designed. Um, So 21 bedrooms, number of uh, obviously office space for support staff. Um, A couple of um, therapy rooms downstairs, counselling rooms, Reiki rooms. um, And then downstairs in the basement, so to speak, we've got two training rooms. Um, That get used on on a daily basis. Uh, Then we've got a large communal kitchen, uh, which is, it's got about five ovens and it's absolutely massive. Um, Then we've got a lounge, which is set up with TVs and bookcases and settees and pool tables. Um, laundry room and then right out the back um, we've got a a fantastic space which uh, which back in its day used to be a swimming pool so you can appreciate the size of it uh, and and obviously the amount of light that comes in uh, it's incredible so that that now forms um, a a gym for for the guys uh, but equally it's it's got the opportunity to be sort of um, reutilized as well half of it for, for a community cafe so we've got a commercial kitchen attached to the back of that as well. So, it's, so that uh, provides
0: an employment aspect, is it, for the people live, living in the house or uh
1: so not an employment aspect right now because anyone that's living within Bancroft are not, not employment ready. Right. Um so that they, they have got quite complex mental health or addiction mm-hmm. issues or various amounts of, of other things so, but it does forge them an opportunity to be able to volunteer mm-hmm. um, you know give them that sort of reintegration back into the community and, and, and a bit of social integration uh, rather than socially isolating themselves uh, but we've, we've just opened a shop as well uh, so we've got a charity shop now called Frontline Furniture uh, and that's open uh, obviously throughout the week now uh, providing affordable uh, house, household goods uh, for, for the community so the lads volunteering there as well. Um, so, again, it's part of that transitional, that transitional space.
0: Amazing. I, I just love the way that it's a, a whole kind of, it, uh, it encompasses so much the support that you're offering is, you know, it's re- and it's from my point of view, having sort of known shan and the journey with the building, it's just fabulous to hear that it's being, how it's being used and, and the impact it's having as well. That's obviously, you know, really, really powerful. Yeah.
1: The, the the important piece for us is you know that you know the first step is obviously giving somebody a roof over the head, mm-hmm. um, but it, it, that's that's not the be all and end all. It's it's how that support uh, is delivered within, uh, and particularly I mean we're fortunate. The building's absolutely massive. It's twenty two thousand square feet, um, so we're able to deliver uh, an offer all of that support under one roof without really signposting to to many other people. Uh, we signpost to them, but we we are that allows the building allows us the opportunity for them to come to us as well. So everything's contained within the building, which is great because then, um, you know, with anxiety and depression and, and such like, you know, the, the barrier of transport and travel and, and new places, you know, isn't there, which is enabling them to, uh, to recover uh, by whatever means, that might be uh, a lot quicker than they ordinarily might have done if they had to go somewhere uh, to do that.
0: And so So some people would say that having 21 people with complex needs in in one place is a lot of people to support under one roof. How do you find that?
1: Don't get me wrong. It's challenging at times. Um, But um, I I can honestly, genuinely put my hand on my heart and say that, again, it comes down to the right right people, the right staffing. Uh, You know, so I've got 10 members of staff here. So it's massively staffed. Um, and yes, a lot of complex needs, but we, we've never had, it's 21 guys at the end of the day, they're all veterans. We've never had one fight. Yes, we've had arguments. There's never been any antisocial behaviour. There's not been any crime. You know, they look after the rooms because fundamentally what we've been able to do is give them back that structure and routine. So we keep them active. We keep them engaged all day long. Um, and, and, and fundamentally, you know, respect is a big thing. You know, so it's not just about them respecting us for providing the service that we offer them. We respect them. It's equally important that we give them the, the level of respect that they do. And, you know, and it works both ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then when people um, I mean, how long have you been open now, Andrew? Uh,
1: so nearly a year. So we opened on the 7th of December last year in the midst of Covid. So, yeah, nearly a year.
0: So how many people have you had through? Do you have those numbers as to how many? People
1: uh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, so since December last year, we've supported 50, uh, 53 veterans who have been homeless whether that's street homeless sofa surfing living in vehicles uh, and have left the criminal justice system
0: and then where do people generally transition on to after after they've been with you
1: so we're we're working with calico homes as well um so calico have have provided us with with two other properties so we've got a four bedroom and a two bedroom property as well so that's our move on community uh, properties then Um, so that enables them to sort of um what's the word, sort of uh, concentrate more on that transition into living independently within the community. So managing tendencies, better managing finances, um, You know, that's when we kind of sort of hand over the rails, if you will, to uh, dealing with their own medication and, and appointments and such like, uh, further volunteering opportunities, but bespokely concentrating on whatever their future employment uh, goals are. Um, and then we 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 work with that and then once they've got employment we then seek uh, a a move on property again within the community and they start living independently
0: fantastic so you've got that very clear model of transition and support to help people to move on to get to taking on their own tenancies essentially at the end of it absolutely
1: yeah yeah
0: brilliant now obviously because we're talking about property and and property things um you know Sometimes I'm asked, you know, what kind of properties do veterans need? I, what What would your answer be to that, Andrew?
1: Exactly what I've got here. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it, it, the, the only the only thing that would make this this building any better uh, would just be the, situa- the 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 position at which it's in. It's in the middle of the town centre, and if we were to be able to have some outdoor garden space, it would be absolutely. You know, it's phenomenally, incredibly, amazing building anyway. But exactly what we've got here is is what people should be looking for.
0: You're thinking like a large building with, yeah. all, are all the bedrooms en suite or are they shared bathrooms?
1: All en suite.
0: And then big communal space. And I, I think sometimes people, when they're looking at schemes like this, try and cram in lots and lots of bedrooms at the sacrifice of um, some of the communal space. And so it sounds like you've got very generous sort of um, space for facilities and offices and all of that stuff so from a property developer's point of view they need to be thinking about putting in quite a lot of space around for for those facilities for it to give that that model that's working for you um, yeah
1: absolutely i mean you know just i mean just for example the, the, the training room that we've got down there i mean is it, 50, it fits about 40 people in it um so in that in terms of that training and education space that's how big that needs to be uh, you know but we run that residence meetings every mondays and fridays as well so that allows the residents to have their voice of what they might want in the building and what they might want on a training programme. Um, you know, so yes, communal space uh, and, and space for training and education opportunities as well is fundamental because, you know, of so like touching on the training programme. So Monday to Friday and sometimes Monday to Saturday, uh, we have something going on every single day uh, from nine till five every day, which is going to wow. keep them going all the time.
0: And um, the do you have any accessible Rooms, you know, if you've got people who are disabled or wheelchair users, do you have that facility there? Is that something that's needed?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we've only got one bedroom um, that's disabled access. It's got a full on wet room. Obviously it's got all the emergency um, alarm systems and, and such like inside that, that obviously go into the main office. Uh, we've got a, um, oh gosh, what's it called now? A, a, a modified disabled um, toilet downstairs uh ambulant disabled toilet that's what it's called that's the yeah. one um and then we're just literally about to get um, a stair lift fitted uh into the building as well which the local authority have paid for through adult social social care um but we have further plans to, to future proof the disability at disabled access to the to the lower areas of, of the building in, in due course so uh yes i would absolutely say you need some disabled access uh, or accessible rooms as well
0: yeah yeah. And then those transition properties that you that you use, is there anything different about those? What what are they? Are, are they just shared houses or is there something different about them, Andrew? No,
1: they're just shared houses. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's all they are. Um, four bedrooms upstairs and then shared living and, and kitchen downstairs with a backyard or a small garden.
0: So you'd have four four um, veterans living there independently, essentially, with you guys coming in, providing some ad hoc support. Is that how it works? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it's it still it's still it's not as intensive support as we provide here at Bancroft, mm. uh, but we, we still see them at least two, three times a week, uh, whether that's them coming down here and still engaging with activities and support from here or we have our out. So when they move up to them properties, they fall under our outreach support workers. So they'll then go up to the property and do sort housing checks and health and safety checks and sit down and have one-to-ones and, and find out what it is that they want or need or where what, what they've been up to. Um, so yeah we still continue that support it, it doesn't end for, it, well it never ends for us to be fair because then when they leave and move into the community independently living uh they still fall under the community outreach but it's more just as and when they need us and they get to walk through that door whenever they want even if it's just for a brew and a coffee um you know it, it, we're just there we're there all the time
0: and that's so so important because you know for the veteran mental health journey isn't a straightforward trajectory is it where you go from being poorly to being well it's not like that it's it's a very bumpy road isn't it very <laughs> <laughs> and so being able to carry on offering that support and having that big um building that people can just identify with and know that they can just pop back in like you say and have a brew and sit down with someone that must provide so much support for for people and for families as well which is what you offer as well isn't it which is something it's a bit unique i think
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of our rooms downstairs is a family room. So we've got, and it's got, again, they, all the rooms downstairs have got their own ensuite, like sort of shower shower bathroom. So when the lads, so many of the guys have been disengaged from their families for quite some time, and, and particularly the children. So what we've been able to do is demonstrate to the families or ex-partners that said veteran has, has been through a period of recovery and he's, he is where he is. So they're now allowing them the opportunity to start forging the relationship with children again. So we have that family room downstairs, which is set up with settees and toys and playstations and God knows what else. Um, and, you know, it's a safe space for them to take their children. Um, but equally, we're also supporting obviously children's, uh, children's services with um, supervised visits with other, other service users and, and their children. Um, so we, we, we try to do everything we possibly can, but obviously in, in a safe and controlled manner.
0: And how have you found the community has um, taken to the the building being there and the service you're offering? How have you found that?
1: Uh, Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I mean, the community and all the businesses and such like. um, I told you how big the building is. I didn't spend one pound on setting this building up. So it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. That People love it and we're getting calls constantly, people turning up the door wanting to, to offer their services through volunteering or making donations or you know just just a wide plethora of things but the support's been incredible
0: wow that's so good to hear isn't mm-hmm. it that's brilliant for um property investors who might be thinking that they want to develop properties for veterans or get involved in this area or support is there any advice you have for them Andrew or anything you think they should be thinking about
1: um so yeah I, I mean look at there are people out there who do do this for the wrong reason. It's all about the money. And fundamentally, yes, people have got to make money. Um, but if you're going to provide this sort of service, then you know, you've got to think about the, the end users at the end of the day. Um, so right staff, right people, the right staffing levels. Um, and it's not just about you having a building and putting people in. It's, it's having the right connectors as well. Um, so the right people to deal with the, the mental health the addiction the welfare the benefits and having all of those part of the uh, having a piece of the pie um, and, and I'm more than happy to sort of can condu- do do some consultancy work uh, from my perspective from um, uh, to, to, to assist and support people if, if necessary
0: brilliant thank you Andrew it's been really great chatting to you today today thank you
1: thank you Lee so much appreciated.